2: Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Wondery Pod to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Wondery Pod to
3: 500-500. Tonight, we begin with several big stories. President Biden's unmistakable message to Putin. You will never occupy all of Ukraine as the U.S. sends 800 million more dollars in military aid. The massive firepower headed to Ukraine, 72 howitzers, over 100,000 rounds of heavy artillery and more than 100 newly designed ghost drones. Tonight, the civilians trapped in places like Mariupol. These Ukrainians taking shelter on a train, getting food donated to them. Could the travel mask mandate come back? Our interview tonight with White House COVID response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha. Out of control 10 large wildfires explode across three states the thousands evacuating tonight florida's face off with disney lawmakers in the sunshine state vote to strip disney of its special tax status but could taxpayers be the ones paying the price military deaths tonight the navy investigation into a string of apparent suicides linked to the uss george washington Handyman arrested and accused of the brutal murder of a New York City mom. Police say he had a two-year on and off affair with, we have all the details. And long live the queen, Britain's longest reigning monarch, celebrates her 96th birthday.
4: This is the
2: CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Thursday night. Tonight, the battle for Mariupol has entered a new stage with Russia's Vladimir Putin claiming victory even as he ordered his troops not to take the risk of storming an isolated steel plant. Thousands of troops and innocent civilians remain trapped inside a steel plant in the city surrounded by Russian forces. Putin ordered his troops to seal off the plant to try and starve the Ukrainians. Meanwhile, west of Mariupol, new satellite images show more than 200 mass graves, with what a Ukraine official estimates are three to 9,000 bodies. President Biden announcing new funding for Ukraine today with $800 million worth of aid and military weapons. That includes 72 howitzers, ammunition, and so-called ghost drones. Those are newly designed for Ukraine to take out high-value targets. The Pentagon said these will effectively create five new Ukrainian artillery battalions. The president paraphrased Teddy Roosevelt in a message to Russia saying, Sometimes we will speak softly and carry a large javelin because we're sending a lot of those. We have a lot to get to tonight, starting with CBS's Charlie Daggett from eastern Ukraine. Good evening, Charlie.
5: Good evening to you, Nora. In his late night address moments ago, President Zelensky said he was grateful to the United States for the new package, the support and defense tools for his military. And considering the circumstances, they can't get here quickly enough. After pummeling Mariupol for weeks and resistance still holding out, President Putin ordered forces don't storm the steel plant but block it off so tightly not even a fly can escape. With smoke rising above the complex, about a thousand civilians remain trapped in the darkened maze of tunnels below it. A young mother says they're running out of food and water and hope. Ukrainian troops are in desperate need of the military support pledged by President Biden today. Putin has failed to achieve his grand ambitions on the battlefield. His new ambition, capturing parts of eastern Ukraine across a 300-mile front line, including Kharkiv, Ukraine's second-largest city. Arkiv has been the target of constant Russian bombardment since this conflict began. And while we've been here, we've heard explosions throughout the day. The damage is everywhere. That is the administration building. The target of one of the first audacious rocket attacks in the early days of the war, exhausted residents in the firing line of Putin's aim to capture the city. Sophia has taken shelter in a subway train since the war began. Two months. Two months. The Russians want to take Kharkiv over. If it happens, it will be terrible, she said. We were born here. Everything was good. We have little left of our lives. On the platform, Pavel Fedoshenko hands out pizzas to excited children and their weary parents. Pizza orders placed by complete strangers, donations from all over the world. People who left Kharkiv want to feed those left behind, he said, foreigners who want to treat emergency crews and paramedics. Word of mouth spread quickly, and now his daddy's pizza has a PayPal account for donations and hundreds of happy customers. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Joyful, he said. Bringing a little slice of happiness here, seeing kids laugh, to bring a taste of normal life, it feels fantastic. Now, we saw bomb-damaged buildings all over Kharkiv today. The streets were virtually deserted. Yet, despite nearly two months of near-constant bombardment, that city remains under Ukrainian control, at least for now. Nora?
3: Charlie Daggett, thank you. Let's turn back here to home, a dangerous situation out west where fire season is getting a roaring and early start. Tonight an out of control and fast growing blaze deemed the tunnel fire is just one of 10 uncontained fires burning across three states, already scorching nearly 60,000 acres with no signs of slowing down. Amy Cutler from our CBS affiliate KPHO is near Flagstaff with the latest.
6: Pushed by fierce winds, the tunnel fire rages out of control, exploding to more than 20,000 acres. The next 24 hours are critical as flames continue to push into neighborhoods near Flagstaff. The wind blowing sparks that are igniting across the landscape.
4: This fire is 100% a wind-driven fire. Unfortunately, it was pretty devastating to the community that it burned through.
6: What once was a mountain vacation home. Is now a total loss. At least 2,000 residents remain evacuated. Hundreds of homes are still threatened. It's one of nearly 20,000 fires nationwide this year alone, the most in at least a decade, as much of the West suffers from severe to extreme drought. In tender dry conditions, a wildfire in Colorado burned for just seven hours, but destroyed at least 15 homes. I thought for sure my home was on fire. Donna Martinez says she was lucky. As for her neighbor? Bless his heart, he stood here and just watched his house go up in flames. Near Flagstaff, the winds are expected to remain erratic. Fire officials say it's still too dangerous for them to survey the damage. As for the number of structures that have been destroyed, the sheriff says it's at least 30, and that number is expected to rise.
3: Nora? State of emergency there, Amy Cutler. Thank you. Let's turn now to Florida, where the governor has gone to war with the Magic Kingdom. Today, Republicans targeted Disney, the state's largest employer, after the company publicly condemned a new law that critics believe targets LGBTQ students. Here's CBS's Manuel Seventy days, 38 days. Show
5: the bill passes. Read the next
7: bill. Florida's legislature made good on the governor's threat today. The move strips Disney's Special Improvement District, which allows it to govern and tax itself to build roads, provide power, and some emergency services around its theme parks. It's been that way since 1967. We call it Epcot. But things soured when Disney publicly criticized Florida's parental rights and education law, which opponents call Don't Say Gay, because it prohibits public school instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in grades K through three.
4: We're certainly not going to bend a knee uh, to woke executives in California.
7: This week, Governor Ron DeSantis asked lawmakers to dissolve Disney's special district. Is this retaliation? No, I don't think so. But I think that when you kick the hornet's nest, I think sometimes issues rise up that you weren't aware of. Republican State Representative Randy Fine wrote the House bill disney's charter allows them to build a nuclear power plant and these are not things that may make a lot of sense he says taxpayers won't have to foot the bill with disney out what he's saying is absurd but scott randolph orange county's tax collector says residents could be stuck with a roughly 163 million dollar bill for the citizens of orange county you're talking a financial fiasco anything that comes with a a normal municipal government would fall to orange county with zero additional revenue.
3: And Manny joins us now, so Manny, there's also another bill with national implications that just took in Florida, right?
7: That's right, Nora. Amid protests by some lawmakers who even staged a sit-in, the House gave final approval to the governor's redrawing of the state's congressional map, which is expected to give the GOP four additional seats while dismantling two districts which are currently held by black members of Congress. Nora.
3: Manny Bohorquez, thank you. Let's turn out to the pandemic and some big news for parents with kids under five years old. The FDA could reportedly authorize the first COVID vaccine for young children in June, and it comes as the fight over masking on planes, trains, and ride shares continues. Earlier, we spoke with White House COVID-19 response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha, and asked why the CDC thinks a mask is still necessary on public transportation.
4: What the CDC scientists said about a week ago or so was that, you know, we have this new variant, BA2, a sub-variant, and they needed time to assess whether that was going to end up having a big impact on hospitalizations and deaths. And they thought in this period of time, we should continue masking up. And I thought it was a very reasonable determination by the CDC.
3: You don't have to wear a mask at school. You don't have to wear a mask at work anymore. So why do I have to wear a mask on a plane or a train or any kind of public transport?
4: First of all, travel is one of the few times where you're bringing people together from all over the country or all over the world into one area. You know, when you go to school, you don't have a school full of people from everywhere in the world. Uh, that will happen on travel. Second, and I always remind people, when you're traveling, um, you don't get to decide who's sitting next to you. And if you sit down, the person next to you is coughing, sneezing, uh, doesn't have a mask on not so easy for you to get up and move not so easy for you to to get out of that way
3: let's talk about boosters because there's a lot of confusion about when to get that fourth shot
4: first and foremost that first booster the third shot That is critically important. It's absolutely critically important that every adult get that if they're five months out from their second shot. Now, if you've gotten that first booster, the question of should you get a second shot or not? um, What we know from the data from Israel is that people over 60, when they got that second shot, Uh, saw a substantial decline in in not just infections but in deaths. Uh, For 50 to 59, I think it's much more of a judgment call, and there uh, you can get it, you're eligible, probably worth having a conversation with your physician, uh, assessing your own risk and making a determination for that 50 to 59-year-old group.
3: You know, I had one friend say that a doctor told them under the age of 50 don't get that second booster shot or that fourth shot but wait into the fall because the likelihood is in the fall there will be a new shot uh, that could also protect against the omicron variant
4: if you're over 60 Uh, and you're more than four months out from your booster, uh, you should go out and get that second booster. I think that will offer a a high degree of protection, and I've I've been very clear that I think the evidence is there for that. Uh, For people who are under 50, first of all, right now, the FDA has not authorized it. I don't think we have much evidence. The key is make sure you're vaccinated, make sure you've gotten that first booster. That's the best way to protect yourself.
3: Our interview with Dr. Ashish Jha. All right, tonight, we've got an update for you on that story we've been telling you about involving a string of deaths related to an aircraft carrier. Today, CBS News can report a total of seven sailors from the USS George Washington have died over the past year. And in the most recent, three were all apparent suicides within days of each other. We're just learning the names of those who died. Mikhail Sharp, Natasha Huffman, and Xavier Sandor. The ship has been docked in Newport News, Virginia, and undergoing Extensive maintenance. The Navy is investigating whether there are any underlying causes that led to the sailors to take their own lives. Tonight the American Lung Association is out with its annual state of the air report that found more than 40 percent of Americans, that's 137 million, are living in areas with unhealthy levels of dirty air. In our continuing series on climate change, Earth. 365. CBS's Ben Tracy has a special eye on America that takes a look at the people impacted by pollution.
1: Imelda Ulloa sweeps her patio three times a day, but she can't keep up with the dirt and exhaust from the stream of semis rolling past her Los Angeles home. Have you ever counted how many trucks go by?
8: I'm counting for two hours and it's 350 trucks pass for here.
1: And it's just nonstop. Nonstop. The trucks are heading to the nearby ports and container yards that have sprung up because of supply chain issues. Uyoa has lived here for 25 years, but says she now feels like a prisoner.
8: Because windows, doors, everything is closed.
1: Diesel trucks are 5% of traffic on the nation's roads, but account for 50% of harmful nitrogen dioxide pollution. Low-income neighborhoods and communities of color are exposed to 28% more of this because industrial facilities are often located in poorer areas.
8: You try to be happy, you know? Your life is hard, and with this problem, it's more.
1: Health experts say long-term exposure to diesel exhaust can worsen asthma, lead to lung disease, and increase cancer risk. Imelda Uyoa's husband now has asthma. He was at the doctor when we visited. His doctor said that it was because of the pollution. Omar Uyoa is worried about his dad.
7: To see him struggling just to even get a breath of air is heartbreaking, and uh, it's, it's a really scary thing that I can possibly lose my dad over this.
1: The EPA's new clean trucks plan will force the industry to use cleaner vehicles to cut nitrogen dioxide emissions by up to 60% by 2045.
4: We have a death sentence. We have no escape.
1: Jesse Marquez runs an environmental justice organization fighting for zero emissions trucks. He says communities of color often lack the political power to force change.
4: That's why we've had to organize politically to change some of these laws and to support emerging technologies.
1: Local elected officials tell CBS News they're trying to fix the truck problem. Imelda Ulloa hopes someone will listen.
8: Can you hear me? Please, I'm here. I'm Hispanic people, but I'm here.
1: Because she just wants to feel safe standing in her own yard. For I in America, Ben Tracy, Los Angeles.
0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
3: Some answers tonight in the case of a queen's mother who was found stabbed to death in her son's hockey bag blocks from her home. Now her handyman, whom she was allegedly having an affair with, is in police custody, accused of murdering her. Police say his bloody clothing found in the area led them to him, that he went to the hospital after the killing for a hand wound. Here's CBS's Elaine Cajano.
8: Police say 44-year-old David Bonola made incriminating statements in connection with the murder of Arshaya Gall, the New York City mother of two whose body was found early Saturday inside a duffel bag less than a mile from her home in Queens. Authorities say the two knew each other and had a violent argument in Gall's basement just after
7: midnight Saturday morning. Mr. Bonola is a handyman who was employed by Mrs. Gall. They have been having an intimate affair for approximately two years.
8: Police believe Bonola used this knife, recovered at the scene,
7: to stab Gall more than 55 times. Mr. Bonella placed her in the bag, and as video showed, was seen rolling the body down the sidewalks.
8: Police say Gall's 13-year-old son was upstairs when she was killed. Her husband and eldest son were out of town. I'm going to miss her, I'm in shock, and we cannot believe that this is happening. Manola is facing several charges, including second-degree murder. Authorities say there are no other suspects at this time. Elaine Quijano, CBS News, New York.
3: Britain's longest reigning monarch, Queen Elizabeth, turned 96 today. A photograph was released of the queen with two of her horses. They're called fell ponies that will appear in the upcoming Royal Windsor Horse Show. Buckingham Palace also posted a photo of a two-year-old Princess Elizabeth from 1928. Cute picture, huh? The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, William and Kate, shared a photo of the Queen and the late Prince Philip with seven of their great-grandchildren, calling the Queen an inspiration to so many around the world. The Queen celebrated today with family and friends at her Norfolk estate, Sandringham, and her official state celebration with the annual Trooping the Colour ceremony will be in June. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman meets two heroes, a pro baseball player and an eight-year-old girl with cancer. How Brett Phillips and Chloe are inspiring each other, that's on the road. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, you can set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night.